Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin Woodruff and as ever I'll be your host for this evening. Tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Graham Curry. Graham, how have you been? Hi, good Colin. Good. Same as always with this international break, just dying for the football to start back proper. But I all well. Good. Good. Well, we've only got a couple of days more to go. Um, time of recording is Thursday night, so... No, even 40 hours until we're back watching Rangers, the real football, as, as we call it. Um, just before we start then, the last few weeks been tied to bring some sort of wee bit of Rangers history at the start of the show. Today, the the fourth kit was, oh, I sound so weird saying that, the fourth kit. But anyway, the fourth kit was launched by Castor. Um, so it'd be, I just feel it'd be rude to no talk about that. Um, so Graham, we bit of history I'm about to give you here. Um, I'm taking the, I'm, I'm not going to read all of it verbatim um, from the Rangers website, but I'm going to take out some of the key points and then. So Rangers announced uh, today. Rangers are proud to unveil the gallant pioneers kit, which celebrates the club's 150th anniversary and pays tribute to the four young lads who had a dream in 1872. The strip. Sorry, the stitched crest on the shirt features a first scroll crest, which was notably featured on their season ticket covers in 1881, when the team were still playing at Kinnan Park and gathering nicknames such as the Moonlighters, due to their commitment to training after dark. The scroll crest, which is now instantly recognisable around the world, is believed by some to be painted by Tom Valens, another man of great importance to the formation of Rangers in the early years. Uh, as an extra special touch, the words gallant pioneers have been embossed into the fabric to immortalise the great Bill Struth quote. No matter the days of anxiety that come our way, we shall emerge stronger because of the trials to be overcome. That has been the philosophy of the Rangers since the days of the gallant pioneers. So a nice wee throwback to Bill Struth as well. Um, so Graham, well, the, the club have never actually played a, a match in this kit. It is an iconic photo. Um, everybody standing that that white jersey uh, with the blue star. A lot of questions have been asked around the quit itself over the point since uh, since the first time people started seeing this photo. Um, after speaking to Kenny Craig and another Graham Graham Campbell from the pod, they pointed out that it's actually. The founders still they go into quite a bit of detail around this, um, and the kit's actually believed to be from Clyde Amateur Rowing Club, which Tom Valance was a member of, and the six-pointed star is actually that Rowing Club's logo. And I found um, a wee bit of um, a wee, a wee bit of writing on the on that Rowing Club's uh, which has a wee link to uh, the the links with Rangers in the early years. So. Suppose, Graham, my f- first question is, what do you think about the kit itself? 
I really like it. Aye, it's clean. It's um, I like the collar being off centre. You know, the buttons are doing the one side, which I quite like the look of that. Um, as you say, it's got that gallant few. Eh, sorry, gallant. It's no strip, is it? It's the, <laughs> the gallant pioneers. It's got that embossed on it, which looks quite nice as well. Obviously, you need to see it. You actually need to wear it to understand how how um, how it would feel as a jersey. But no, oh, it definitely looks quite good. Eh? I like to look at. It. I'm a big fan myself, and I'm really glad that they they have they have brought that kit to really throw back to the to the early years. And I get the argument some people are saying, oh, it should have been the first kit we ever wore or stuff like that. But it's I, I think even though we've never worn this in a match, I think it is really iconic to the formation. I, I really like that and the throwback to the photo and even the, the kind of marketing they've done around it, the throwback uh, to to that iconic photo as well. It's really good. Um, Team 14, you've got, um, you've got Parson in the line-up and you've got Tav in the line-up and Davis in the line-up. Just, as you say, it's a clever bit of marketing that they've done there. It's quite a nice photo. McGregor, I've not seen McGregor's, uh, I don't know if they're doing a goalie kit. I've seen him wearing it in the picture, but I've not actually seen that up close anywhere. But if that's available as well, that looks quite good. Nah, it does. I really hope it. I've not seen it anywhere myself, but I hope that would be um, the goalie kit to go along with it because it, it looks lovely and I think it just all blends together really nice um, as a team kit. So... Just a couple of things on that there. Tom Valens, um, when I was speaking to the Founders Tale a few weeks ago, they were saying this was a like such a massive character in the early years. Um, also, you've been in the Viceroy quite a few times yourself. He's he's just, every every time you look at the early Rangers history, he just pops up everywhere, doesn't he? Whether it's believed to have painted that first badge or <laughs> going and getting this kit. Aye, absolutely. He's a, a big part of the history and we've obviously got a wee bit of a, a tie to him having been gone to the pub for a while. So we've we've always known about him, I think, even before you've done the, the Founders uh, podcast, the Founders Trail podcast. We've always had that association with him ourselves, just that wee sort of personal touch. But and a few, well, as you've already said, a few of the boys have actually done the, the, the trail, so they knew about it as well. But yeah, I think Rangers have done the right thing here and um, remembering it, 150 years, is, um, the strip itself is a, is a good um, commemoration. So, aye, all positive. Good. Um, we were speaking off air uh, before we started recording, obviously, and that's what off air means. But you are saying you've you got a wee lesson uh, your own this week uh, about Rangers history. It's just good. It's a family part, a family event, and Munko was telling us, you know, this was after a few beers. I said, you need to get me on your on this podcast. You need to get me on. I said, aye, that's fine. I'll definitely get you on. I've got a thousand stories to tell you. I went, aye, that would be great. That's that's great. But anyway, he was tell- I'm sure that was after a couple of pints. So if I was to ask him now, I don't think he'd come on. I think he'd get a bit, a bit shy. But aye, it was just, I love these sort of events because, you know, speaking to my uncle Walter and he's just telling us about Willie Johnston and all the things that he done. Willie Johnston was his hero and um, tricky left winger, but he was just so skillful. Used to rip the rip the Mickey right out the right backs, a Celtic, and you know he was 
telling us about one cup final where he actually, you know, tore to shreds. Uh, Craig, I forget the boy's first name now. Um, the boy Craig at right back anyway. Um, is it Jim Craig? I think it's Jim Craig, Celtic right back. Tore him a new one anyway. And he was just, aye, just tell me all the stories about him. And then again, he was telling us about when he went over to Vancouver Whitecaps, he went, he went there as part of his uh, career. And he was up taking a corner. And there's a guy in the stand having a beer. So just before he takes the corner, he reigns there, has a swig of the beer, crosses a ball in, and somebody puts it in the onion bag. That's what he called it anyway, he puts it in the onion bag. I think he'd done the same thing at West Brom as well. So he had done the same sort of thing at West, he done at West Brom after Rangers, and again, had done that. And then he was telling me another story about what he'd done. When he went to Hearts, he was playing against Celtic. And what he'd done... I can't find any video of this, but what, he, what Monko was telling us is he was taking a throw in, and there was a guy standing right in front of him. It was Davy Proven. So he's playing for Hearts against Celtic. Davy Proven's in front of him, trying to block his throw in, basically. And he runs up to his FTB, a big long throw, and just falls through and sticks a nut on him. <laughs> Davy Proven hits the deck, and the linesman's seen it and tell him to get sent off. So. But I, I love, I, honestly, Colin, I love hearing these sort of stories. You know, I could listen to him all day telling me stories about old Rangers players and the games that he'd been to. Because um, I, Monk Walt was the, the guy who took me to my first cup final. It was 1991 or 1992. It was at Airdrie, against Airdrie anyway. So I kind of remember if it was 91 or 92. But I, just nice nice to hear these sort of stories in it when you think back about all the, all the old games. As as a car brilliant stories there, and I think uh, I think it sums up the the Rangers team for that generation. You know, talented, brilliant footballers, but hard as fucking nails when it comes there. By the, by the sounds of it, I think with Willie Johnson as well. I think he used to get booted up and down. You know, been doing a wee bit of reading the last few days. Obviously, I haven't spoke to him quite a bit. About it. He was saying that he used to get booted up and down, up and down the pitch, and. He was just trying to retaliate first. He was just trying to get his kicks in before he get kicked first because it was a physical game at that time. So, aye, definitely a different, a different era. Uh, so all we need to do is get a few beers down your uncle Walter, then get him to to start recording with. That's that'll be a, a show in itself. So. Only the only the current affairs in so massive game on Saturday. Uh, before we we come to that game, um, quick recap on some of the highlights of the international break. I, I know I, I don't think there's very 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 many football football fans at all. Sorry, um, if there is even any who prefer international over club football, um, I think more and more people are starting to tolerate it, depending on how involved a club is. It's been a wee bit more interesting the last couple of years with more and more Rangers players being involved, which is always nice to see, um, providing nobody comes back injured, uh, touch wood. But um, first of all, Stephen Davis, he's now got his 130th cap from Northern Ireland and that sees him as the most ever capped Rangers player, um, or the most ever capped player to play for Rangers, I should say. Uh, fantastic achievement uh, to up for a model pro. Yeah, it feels like the last year all we've talked about is Steve Davis is just breaking record after record after record. He's 
he's um he's not slowing down at all, is he? He just keeps on just keeps on going. And there's no sign of him slowing down either. He's um he's a phenomenon. His fitness is incredible, how he can boss midfields. He's not a bit part player. It's not as if he's just he's not getting a token cap here and there. He's a he's a mainstay of the midfield for Northern Ireland. So uh, he's a he's a credit to his cell and obviously we're delighted to have him at the club because he's he's doing great things. That's that's the thing with, with Stephen Davis. I feel like since he came back, I, I've I've said at every transfer window, if you like, maybe every six months, or I've had the feeling that he is going to start. We are going to start really having to manage his game time like severely, um, and it was always concerning how often he was playing for Northern Ireland. But it's it, it's just defiant. <laughs> really in old age and he's not letting that slow him down and he's proven I'm sure I won't, wouldn't have been the only person with, with those doubts but he's proven everybody wrong um, I and I think if if he was fit no sorry I think barring you know barring disaster he's in the Rangers team nine times out of ten um, really and it's on merit no, no emotion uh, he's, he's, the, he's the first pick in that midfield isn't he doesn't matter what game you're thinking about. You think I'd rather have, I'd rather have Stephen Davis in that. I think when we go to name what well, we usually choose a team, what we think it's going to be, and in that midfield three, the first one you mentioned is Davis. That's who you always want in there because you know he's going to boss the midfield and dictate the play. Um, he's got that sort of quarterback, probably a horrible term to use, but is that is that quarterback? mentality where he just bosses it and controls the pace of the game which is quite important it's sometimes overlooked being able to slow a game down and then bust it into pace he he dictates that whole whole pace of a pace of a game which yeah it's really good to see for davis what why is amazing that which we've not seen too much so far this season because rangers haven't quite been on it but when the game does go a bit frantic and it suits Rangers to have the game slow down, he's amazing at that. I remember you talking about Barry Ferguson when when he came back uh, to Rangers the same time. He was amazing at that when it was a, a kick and rush kind of game and emotions were getting high and you know maybe just going a bit bit too a bit too quick. He was able to just slow the game right down and play at his pace, and that's exactly what Stephen Davis can do. But on the other side, he can really get the ball going quickly up the park as well. He's just absolute dictator in the midfield. He's I can't, I can't speak highly enough of him, and another great record that he's broken and fully deserved. And I think he's now going to probably go and have a. It's going to be a hard record to catch. That's what I was trying to say. There, it's going to be. He's going to get more caps. It's not like he's done that and he's going to stop. He's going to continue now for another season or two at international level as well. So he's going to rack up another 10, 15 caps anyway. So it'll be a hard man to catch. Who was on 129? Who who did he beat? Is this the rain, most capped Rangers player? Aye, so it's not the most capped player while playing for Rangers. It's just the most capped capped player who has played for Rangers at some point right has to be oh neither is no oh. um, let's make a guess then let's make a guess oh I was going to go Demarcus Beasley it's going to be one of the Americans in it because they've they play every week aye okay. let's, uh, 
Now, let's see if any of the listeners get it. Um, listeners, give your, uh, give your predictions in the those predictions, give your guesses, or if you know it's, it's a matter of fact, give me your answer in the in the comments, wherever. Um, and if Graham and I have made an ass of it, we'll happily hold our hands up. Uh, so I'm going Beasley, Graham Bokinega, going for the Amer- American, probably fucking Russell Wattapay or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Right, so a couple of goal scorers uh, over the last few days. came out Roof getting his first goal for Jamaica. Um, again, another one I was concerned about, really, when he was starting to link up with, with Jamaica um, for different reasons other than age. I just feel came out Roof travelling back and forth and playing um, potentially three games in a week and stuff. It's, I just think about him being, like, being made a jelly over the last four or five years at times. Um, quite concerning, but good to see he's um, he's, he's playing at that level, um, starting to sell in well with the squad and getting a goal. He's he's a know that he's know that he's ever lack of confidence, but I feel when he he does hit form, he just goes, it just hits level after level after level. So I think this can only be a good thing. Aye, and it was a good finish. He's just managed to nick in front of the. It was a ball for the left. Managed to nick in front of his the marker. And he sort of just let it bounce off him. He sort of chested it in or he let it bounce off his shoulder. It was a... He just deflected it in, but it was deliberate. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a... It didn't deflect off him, but he sort of controlled it in. So it was quite a good, quite a good finish. Um, yeah, and if he's now doing that at international level, he's done it at European level, that can only build confidence for him. So hopefully it just continues to conti- uh, continues to, to build on that. Um like all our, all our players that are away doing international duty, if they can rack up good performances, it's only going to help us in the long term. Totally, and I've not actually seen this goal myself, but another one uh, who's got himself in the straw sheet, Fashion Sakala. Before I ask you about this goal, have you heard the Sakala song that some of the fans were singing? No, sing me it. Uh, I'm not going to sing it and butcher it, but it's basically in the... Um, <laughs> in, it's the chorus of um, Shakira's song, um, Waka Waka, the song that was brought out for the South Africa World Cup. Catch I am. <laughs> I'm speaking to the hand crowd here. But a catch we number nonetheless. So talk us through the goal, Graham. You were a fan. Aye, um, good good finish. You've managed to beat three players, but yeah, uh, amazing dribble. Just a, it took it out sort of on the left channel. Um. He, sort of, he was sort of playing on the shoulder of the last man on the right back, picks it up and he beats a guy who's made a silly sliding tackle. Then he's dummied a boy who made a slide tackle. He jumped and he's um, brought it back inside and then he's used his right foot to put it into the into the bottom left-hand corner. So an accomplished finish. I mean, he's up against Equatorial Guinea, so I don't know the standard of the, the, the defence there, but on the evidence of the goal, he's took it very well. You know, plenty of pace, plenty of skill, and a and a good finish. Again, let's hope that's a a little confidence boost for him. Yeah, uh, I suppose you can only play what's in front of you. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Sakala so far? Um, I think I, I, I think for me, any critics I think have been quite harsh on him. Um, he's probably not delivered as much as we would have wanted. Um, a new 
a new centre forward striking way at striker who had such such hype around him in the summer. But for me, I don't really think we've seen enough of him yet to really to really see what he can do. I think it's been apart from the, the start in Europe, there's been very bit part cameos, and I don't think he was terrible in the uh, in the game against uh, in the game against Prague away. Um, albeit it was a very poor performance overall in that Rangers team. But what's your thoughts on your fashion? Give him time. I think I think I'm willing to give him time as well. Um, he's very raw. A lot to learn, I think. But he's got a lot of good attributes. So he's got a, he's good at dribbling, he's got good pace. I think he just needs to get a wee bit tougher. And that doesn't just mean in tackles. I mean, a wee bit oh, striking the ball a little bit harder as well. I think he just needs to build up a wee bit and get a wee bit of strength about him. Because if he can start making the... Def- it's his final ball, basically, what I'm trying to get at. He's getting into good positions and then not quite delivering when he gets into the good positions. But he's got a lot of other attributes that don't make me want to give up on him just yet. You know, he's running hard. He's very fast. He's got a good work rate. He's getting into good positions. So as I say, if we can just get that final thing from him, that final ball, which obviously is the most important part, being a striker, if we can just get that from him, then I think there's a player in there and I'd be willing to uh, willing to give him a bit of time. And he might be a victim, and you've already mentioned that we've not been great this season, or, albeit we're top of the league and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're ahead at the top of the league. But we're not playing great football, so it might be a wee bit of a a victim of that. That we as a team aren't playing well, so he's not getting the the same opportunities that he might have got last season if he had been with us. Yeah, I think it's it's two twofold for me. Like two sides of the coin. Where I think the the longer he's here, the more he gets settled in. I think there is enough raw attributes where we can see that the more time he gets, he is going to settle in to be. It, it could be a a very important player for Rangers um, this season or next or for years to come, hopefully. Um, but I think as the as hopefully the team gets more settled and starts to find form, his chances may come less and less with the likes of Ruth and Morelos maybe in form. So I think the, the big thing is that he has to take the chances when, when he when he gets them in the in the coming months and he will get chances but probably potentially fewer um than he's had already, providing Rangers put their fingers at us and uh, actually start start playing football. Cause it's like Itton as well, you know, Itton's no really had that opportunity. I know he's away in loan, but you felt that there was I've always felt that there's a player in Itton. I really like I like that player. I think he's got a lot to offer as well. And he just never got the opportunity. He wasn't getting the game time to to actually demonstrate it or build up a bit of, bit of running the team. He's another one that if I I just hope that Sakara doesn't become that type of player where he's only given you know twenty minutes here, twenty minutes there, maybe one game a month, and he doesn't get the opportunity to actually build that up. Because if that is the case, then you know all that's going to happen with Sakara is he's going to be. Punted out on loan next season somewhere, or um, the way Cedric Kitten's been dealt with. Nah, I agree, and I think you and I were both big fans of it, and even though it was only a bit part, 
I always felt he did he did give himself a good showing. Um, I think his biggest problem was he wasn't Morelos, but there's very few players um, who who are capable of doing things that Alfredo Morelos are doing. Having said that, I, I know weekend he's probably can hiding under his his Batmobile bed right now listening to this because he despised Cedric Kitten but um, Wednesday's days what can you say incidentally um, doing quite well um, in the Bundesliga on loan and he's actually been called back up into the Switzerland squad got a, an assist I believe on Friday night so um, regardless of how this loan works out Graham whether it's to bring him back or whether it's to move him on for a price is working so far he's doing well and that's nice to see I've not really been following it to be honest. I know that um I know that he get a call up to the national squad, but um I don't see any of the Bundesliga football to be able to see if he's doing well or not. So um by but all reports that I've, I've read are, are that he's doing well. So if he can hack it in the Bundesliga then and that's the only good news for us if he can come back. Come back a more technically gifted football player, maybe. Aye, you never know. Um Never know. All the best to him. Keep doing what you're doing. Big set to Ted. Um, so last last one we'll come in the international break. Uh, and I, f- I feel we're, we're going to have this debate around Nathan Patterson and James Tavernier for as long as they're both at the club. But um, Nathan Patterson had a had a match game against Israel. I thought it was really similar to how he played against Hibs where I actually thought he was really poor against Hibs in the first half um, and even more so in the first half against Israel. Absolutely played himself back into form in the second half um, for both games and I phenomenal in both, both, uh, both second halves. Israel, uh, sorry, the Faroe Island game left on the bench, came on in the 83rd minute, minute, sorry, three minutes later pops up with a terrific ball in to assist the goal. Um, so, all in all, really good international spell for him, but is it enough to get him in your team on Saturday? Uh, no, I'd go with Tav. I'm still going to stick with Tav. He's a captain, probably a better player. Um, the the time will come for Patterson, but not 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 quite yet. He had a great international, yeah. Um, at that cross that he puts in for Dykes for that fear to go against the Pharaohs, it's incredible. You, you know that's um, any striker gets on the end of that, even if it doesn't hit half of him, it's going to hit half a Pharaoh Islands defender and go in the net. It's such a good ball, and it's something that the the Scotland team have been crying out for all night. Put a good ball in. And we just couldn't do it. There was not one good cross put into that box all night. And then he gets what seven minutes, and he manages to pull one out. It's his first cross to the ball. So, I, I mean, for Scotland, he's a definite starter. He got to be. He's got to be a starter. I was surprised that Ryan, uh, Ryan Fraser got the, got the nod ahead of him. I can only think that's just a. Uh, well, he's been travelling with us for the last six games and not been getting a game, so we better just give him a wee run it. But, yeah, he's got to be the Scotland number two. He's got to be the, the right back for Scotland. But for Rangers, which is what we're interested in, I think he's still playing second fiddle. He's still playing second fiddle to the captain. Tav's earned his right to have that captain's armband and earned the right to be the number 
the number two because of his performance last season alone. You know, the, the stats that he was producing, you know, I know me and you don't particularly like stats as such, but the amount of assists that he was getting and the amount of goals that he was getting, just those two stats alone, um, to me, make him the, the first choice and it will be for for this season, at least. I, I'd, I, I agree with you. I think Nathan Parson, he, he, he's beginning to answer a lot of questions that I've had and I spoke about a couple, a couple of weeks ago where, you know, how does he how does he come come back for a setback, for, for example? And I think you could probably class the, at least the first half against Israel as a setback and he he does manage to pick himself up, um, and that shows an absolute massive, like huge level of maturity um, for a twenty-year-old, and that has to be commended. So there is character there. Um, there is a few people saying that he's he almost tries too hard, and maybe sometimes that's that is his downfall. And I kind of, I'm kind of thinking along those lines uh, from Nathan Parson. I don't know if trying too hard is the right term. Maybe I think he does play the occasion. And that sounds daft because he's no playing World Cup finals or whatever. But he knows he knows he's in the captain's spot. So I don't know if if that if that hype maybe gets to him and um I don't know if he overthinks it or he's maybe too fired up or whatever, and it just throws him off his game. But I think as soon as he he gets his level of calmness and that zen around him, then that's when he plays his best football. So that's probably that's probably something that he, well, I think I think he definitely will learn to control that. If if the boy can pick himself up, face set back off and off the on and off the field, I've no I've no qualms with him getting um, getting used to starting the games in the right frame. I mind. Do you remember Alan Hutton? Alan Hutton used to get dogs abuse. Now he turned into a, a really good right back. But at the beginning, when he was a young boy, he used to make a hell of a lot of mistakes. So it's part and parcel of being a young player that you're going to make these mistakes, but it's how you react to it. If he's going to shrink and and hide away, then he's not going to make it. But he's not that type of character. He's, he keeps, give me the ball, give me the ball again. I might make another mistake, but I'm going to try and keep trying to do the right thing. Hutton was like that, and it took him maybe a season or a season and a half to win over the fans. Um, again, again I'll, I'll be honest, I was one of them that used to give him dogs abuse, but eventually he turned into a, a, a cracking player. So, as I say, it's just part and parcel of being a young player that you're going to make mistakes. As long as you learn from them, and these mistakes are not as frequent as you go on as you're in your career, then he's, he's absolutely fine. Aye, it's we say time and time again, whether it's about a young player coming through or a signing, that the Rangers jersey is heavier than others, and it is it is character that sets out that sets the talented players apart. Um, that that's, I mean, that's just the way I life at Rangers. And Nathan Parson has character and balls and in abundance. Um, you're, you're right what you said there. It does not shy away from responsibility. It does not go in the shell, which is it's the hardest thing to instill in a player, especially a young player, I think. And it's only so promising he's got that. As you said, Nathan Parsons got a massive career ahead of him, hopefully with Rangers, but um, it remains to be seen how long we will uh, keep 
a hold of him and I'm, I'm not being dramatic here um, I, I think it can be within the 18, next 18 months that serious bids will come in for him thick and fast I hope not well, I need to but it's um, I hope to fuck him wrong but yeah. it's a sign of the times yeah we're not really interested in the balance sheet we just want to see the best players possible at Ibrox and he's certainly going to be one of them but not just quite yet. No for the Hearts game this Saturday. Um, certainly not. No. But keep it up, Nathan. Um, so moving looking ahead of Saturday, before we go into the rest of the lineup, um, the second top of the table clash in a row for Rangers. Um, Grima, I think both Hibs and Hearts will be dangerous on their day or can be dangerous on their day for Rangers this season. I don't see either of them going the distance. Um, they don't have the strength and depth, um, particularly Hearts. Um, but I do think that they, they played well enough so far this season to cause us problems if we don't go about this game right. How do you how do you see Saturday, Ron? Yeah, this, is good. this will be a tough one because Hearts are in good form. They have undefeated, I think, in the league this season. Um, I think they've just dropped points through draws. So, undefeated in the league. Um, to be honest, Colin, I've not seen enough of Hearts to be able to make a proper, you know, a sort of tactical assessment of how they're going to come out and how they're going to play against us. All I can imagine is that they'll probably sit in. I don't see them coming out to um, gung-ho attackers I think they'll probably try and pick their moments and try and hit us with uh, free kicks and corners I think that'll be their biggest threat with the, the size of them so I think again it'll just be down to us if we are on it and we want to start playing the ball um, playing the ball at pace passing it around about them I think it'll come down to us the frustrating thing for us I think recently or what I've noticed certainly is that we're having plenty of possession, plenty of control of the game, but then nothing in the final third. There's no real final ball, there's no real penetration. So if I'm looking for anything at the weekend, that, that's what it'll be. It'll be, can we start creating chances and getting some decent shots on goal? Because up until now, I've not really seen it. Uh, I, I think I think you're right with Hearts only got to come and try and take the game as that maybe Hibs did um, in, the, in the first first half uh, before the sending off I think they will try and soak up the pressure and hit on the break but I think the difference with, with Hearts is they've got players who, who could hit Hearts on the break um, Barry McKay and Ben Woodburn on either side um, I think the, the guy Ben Woodburn he's, he's had a really good season so far I think he's I don't know if he's alone for uh, one of the English teams I'm sure he's alone for somewhere I thought it was Liverpool was it not? it's Liverpool is that why I recognise mm-hmm. his name um, and Boyce is always a, a handful who, who I really like is I'm going to butcher his name here but the boy in the middle of the park uh, Bannon Gimme the number 8 he's a fucking powerhouse in the middle of the park um, so I just think if um if our midfield's been as passive as what they, they have been at times this season, then that's probably where we'll maybe start to lose a wee bit of foothold in the game. But uh, again, this is this is me kind of thinking worst case scenario for Rangers if they if they turn up uh, like how they played against Dundee United, for example, then we're going to make problems for ourselves. 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember why, but that boy sticks out to me as well. And I can't remember actually watching a Hearts game, but that he does stand out as being a great player. Yeah. In Edinburgh Derby, it was really good. Was on that game that I watched? Aye. But aye, he, he will be one to keep an eye on because he looks quite powerful, that boy. He looks as if he could run through us um, if we're not careful. So I want to keep an eye on. So, but enough about Hearts, man. This is a Rangers podcast, I suppose. Who are you starting up? Uh, we'll talk through the the back five then. Uh, we've already both said that James Tavernier will be a right back for us. For me, I'd... I think it's pretty straightforward, barring disaster or injury. It's McGregor and Goals, Barisic left back, Barrigan and Goldson centre halves. Is there any issues with, with that for you? No, that's why I'd be going with two. I don't think we need to mess about at the back. We keep that as a back five. And, and one thing potentially coming out um, with the Wait, how Andor not being available is we're now starting to get a bit of a consistent back four. Um, which I'd well, back five even um, I, I get McGregor's age and we don't want to overdo it with him but I, I did feel as if Gerard was maybe irritating for rotation's sake at times um, I think especially when you're keeping your centre half just unless um, unless somebody is feeling it just keep that as consistent as possible and then it starts to build up momentum for the back I think Yeah I'd, I'd prefer to see McGregor in goals the the gap between the games, so it's Saturday to Thursday, so there's, if, if there is any concern, if they're trying to protect McGregor's body or whatever it is they're trying to do with this rotation, I think there's enough time there for him to have the Saturday, Thursday, and then if he needs rested, it's the, in fact, it's it's another, it's the following midweek that we play uh, St Mirren, so I, I'd like to see a little bit more of a settled side in this constant rotation. Know that you can fault, um, Big Auckland. That's terrible, isn't it? How my, my brain's working like that. Name's <laughs> just going out my head there. I, um, you can't fault McLaughlin because he's come in and he, you know, he saved the penalty. You know, he saved his points and he's doing his job when he comes in. But you just feel more comfortable when you've got um, you've got McGregor at the back, it just seems like that's your goalie and that's your back four. That should be your your your, your bedrock. That should be what your, your team's built on. No, totally agree with you. Um, I think the further up the park, it starts to get more complicated as we go up. So this, this is my issue. We, we were waxing a little bit about Stephen Davis there. Um, and he is... I would have him in for Saturday um, in that like quarterback role, the deepest of the three. But where my conundrum comes is Lundstrom. I think Lundstrom's been one of the, the, the better players on form the, the last three, four games for Rangers, but he's been on form in the role that Davis plays. He's not quite adapted to that like Ryan Jack role, if you like, on the just to the right of uh, uh, Davis. Um I think Davis still does it better. Um, I don't know if I want to take a chance on John Lundstrom going in there or if we play Arebo. I think for me it's Davis, Kamara and Lundstrom or Arebo. But um, I don't know, I don't still quite have the confidence that Lundstrom adapting there yet, if that makes sense. Um, I'm okay with Lundstrom playing. I think he's coming on to a game. I think he took his time to find his feet, find the 
the rhythm of the team. But now I think he's he's got it. I think he's there. I think he's a midfielder now. I think he's, he should be in the midfield. So I'd have no qualms about playing Davis and Lundstrom in the same midfield. Um, I know some people maybe think that's a more defensive approach, but I don't think Lundstrom is defensive as such. Um, I can see him being more box to box, getting back and forward. So I'm okay with a two playing. Um, so I, but I mean, look at the options we've got now. It's really, it's really starting to. Well, as you said, it's difficult to pick a start in the now, so and that's yes. only good for Gerard, isn't it? When you've got a midfield like that. Um but, but Aribo can play further forward, you know. Don't know how you feel about that. Maybe playing him a wee bit further up and playing maybe Aribo Roof and Morelos or Aribo Hadji and Morelos up front. It's, yeah. I mean, I think I think Morelos has drawn it. Well, I suppose my last thing on Lundstrom before we um, go to the strikers, as much as I do have the reservations of him playing that number eight role, if you like, um, if we've got to put a number on it, um, I think if I'm being completely balanced and fair, I think you've seen the quality um, of the footballer in the last 10 minutes against Hibs when, and I get people got to say it's against 10 minutes, it's the last 10 minutes of the game, but Davis, Bakuna and Lundstrom, the football they were playing and just how easy they made it look and how much they just dictated everything that went on in the park at that point. And that for me, that's Nirvana. That's absolute bullish guy what we want to get. I just don't know if we get that straight away if, we, if I feel 90 minutes, but I'll, I'll happily be proved wrong uh, with Davis and Lundstrom on the pitch together. Um, further forward, um, aye, Arebo. I always want a rebo. I mean, see if we could pick 15 players, it'd be fucking class. But I, I do want a rebo on the team. At the same time, Morelos is going to play through the middle. Um, Roof really finding form the last couple of games. I thought Scott Wright played well um, against Hibs. And I think Hadji's Hadji's been one of the, the shining lights so far this season. Um, so there's four players I want to play alongside Morelos. Um, but I don't think. Um, the Mason refs will quite allow that. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, my, heart, my heart would love Roof and Hadji, but I'd be really happy with any combination uh, in the three up front. What would you go for? Yeah, I think I'd take um, Aribo, Hadji and Morelos. I think that would be my front three. I think that's going to be the most creative and the most... Uh, open football that we can play up front. So that would be my front three. Roof to come on in the second half, maybe. But I think we've got enough. For, yeah, so for me, it would be Davis, Lundstrom and Kamara in the midfield. We had you, Aribo and Morelos up front. A lot of creativity there. There's a lot of goals that we could get from there. So that would be, that'd be my front six. Nah, I, I, think, I think you will need... Um, Probably not to put um, Scott Scott Ray down too much, but probably the more flair players in this game, um, because they will be backs against the wall for Hearts, and they will you will need um, that that one colour ball or that one moment of magic to time uh, bring them down early on where I think Scott Wright is more direct and probably know what we need for, for this game so as much as he did play well um, against us I, I thought um, it was probably probably not a game to start him I don't think but it's no you know it's no criticism of him 
No, no. But again, I think if we do our job, we'll, we'll overcome hearts. I, I'm actually thinking we're going to put a few by them. You know, it's, I think we could actually come out and make a statement because we've not done it yet. We've not put a, a barrel load of goals through past anybody. Maybe Saturday's going to be the time that we actually came out and we just batter a team. I know they're top of the league, uh, they're, sorry, second in the league and they're, you know, nearest challengers to us, but there's nothing to say that we can't just go and get him a down. And, and I think it is going to be a case of once Rangers give somebody a down, it will be the um, the spark who gets us going. And I'm feeling the same, but I don't know if that's my head or heart saying that. I don't know if I genuinely think that Rangers are going to come out the come out the traps on Saturday or... If I'm going along the lines of we're due to give somebody a down, so it's probably going to be. That's where I am. I, I think I'm just saying we're due to do someday. Some, so could it be this weekend? Yeah. I'm not going to still be saying that in March. But we're due to give somebody a down. We're due to do it. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, I've tried to be um, a, a bit more reserved in my optimism since um, the night before Sparta Prague, where me and Graham Campbell were like sitting in a fucking ivory tower. Oh, a draw would be a terrible result. <laughs> Didn't even get that, fuck's sake. I, know, I remember messages you saying, I think we're going to win the Champions League after listening to it. <laughs> yeah, well... A Rangers podcast isn't it? You get everybody fired up then. I don't know what it is for. <laughs> so as always, we'll press you for a prediction, Graham. I'm going to stick with that then. I'm going to go with the 5-0. 5-0 to Rangers on Saturday. And that'll be a Morelos hat-trick with a Balligan header and a Lundstrom strike from the 20-yard line. There you go. Here's my prediction. Oh, I need to start. I'm going to start typing up a wee spreadsheet of these, like the predictions and then the actuals. Uh, more the more the goal score predictions. <laughs> I love the detail we got in I'm going to go three 0 Rangers. Um, uh, it's funny you said five 0 I always stick uh, two pound and what five 0 and then uh, a few quid on either set and a half to score any time. Um, I've lost a bit of money this year, but uh, last season it came up Trump's Scrolton and Hollander were fantastic for the anytime strollers. But no, I'm going to go 3 0 Rangers, Golson will open the scrolling, um, rising above the the Hearts defence in a corner, Morelos and Morelos and Roof to scroll the other two in the second half. Very good, noted. Well, on that note, before I get too ahead of myself, um, you know, it, it only takes me predicting 3 0 to Rangers to then, oh, fuck, yeah, the following game will be 4 0, 5 0, then again, Scott winning, is winning the Super Bowl. Um, we'll wrap it up there, Graham. Um, all that's left to do is really thank everybody for listening, as always. Um, Really appreciate everybody's comments, the last few weeks' feedback, uh, good, bad and different. Thanks very much for everybody Let us know how uh, how you find the show. Please continue to let us know your thoughts on the points uh, raised. And let us know who you think is who, who you think is the second most ever capped Rangers player. I'd uh, love to know the answer and it saves me going. Graham, it's always a pleasure and a show, my friend. Cheers, Colin. Thanks, listeners. We other people. Thank <laughs> you.